What happened after this great event, this moment of receiving the magnificent gift of faith, is that I walked through a door into a land I had never imagined did or even could exist. This is a land of castles and kingdoms and marvelous vistas, but there are no fairies or anything fanciful and made up. Everything here is very real. In fact, I should say it is more real than our material world. Or even more accurately put, and this I say with great confidence, that this world is more alive than our suffering and miserable material world. This world encompasses ours and makes ours seem small and very dull, colorless, I should say. The world of Catholicism is the real world, with color and life splashing everywhere, yet always in complete order. Hello everyone, my name is Walter Emerson and welcome to the Royaume France podcast. So what I just opened with you is a continuation of what I covered in the last session. I left you with the story of my how I began writing my prose. And if you go back to uh, the previous episode, you'll actually find the first of those prose in the notes that are on that uh, particular page. And so what I've done now is I've kind of, I want to move forward from that and and go uh, and kind of speak to you about where all this came from. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to kind of go back a little bit. So you remember last time I mentioned to you we were in 2008, and this was when I had these contemplative uh, moments with the Blessed Virgin, and I, I felt that she was, you know, asking me in her kind and wonderful way, or at least pointing out to me that if I feel I have something I need to say, I should probably think about saying it. And, and I responded to her in my contemplation that I, I believe I do have something I'd like to say, and went home. And um, even though I had never written or even planned to write ever, uh, I started writing these prose, and and so, uh, but I need to kind of step step back. I, I think in order to understand this, because what I'm trying to do is take you on a journey with me, and I hope that you, I hope you you will join me on this journey. And I want to take you with me, and I, I want to stop along the way, and that's what each episode is is a point to stop along the way. And have you look and re- reflect with me? Now, you know, think about this. When if we go on a beautiful hike together, if we we go together on a uh, on a trip, and we go to the mountains or to the the beaches or just some beautiful destination, and we start walking along a trail. Now we're we're both of just walking along the same trail. We're walking the same path, objectively speaking. Uh, but we're each going to have a different experience when we do that. We're, we, when we come back, we're each going to describe it a little bit differently. And, but yet it was the same trail. And that's really what I'd like to do is to invite you to come along, not to uh, presuppose or, or imagine or presume that your experience would be the same as mine, that... that uh, you would uh, necessarily see all the things I saw, or and, and and most importantly, you'll see things that I that I didn't see. But we'll walk the trail together. So I invite you that if you do have any thoughts or any uh, 
anything that you feel is uh, something you'd like to share, jump into the um, jump into the my Substack site uh, where this uh, where this podcast is, and you know, make a comment. Uh, let us know what your what your thoughts are, and I hope you'll kind of be journaling as you go along uh, doing this. So let's let's kind of step back. So what was it that even what was it that even led up to uh, 2008? And so what I have to do is take you all the way back to 1984, <laughs> and that was the that was the moment that I had my conversion and I joined the Catholic Church. And so when uh, my wife Josie and I were, were, were getting ready to get married, I was not a Catholic at the time. And so I, I entered into the uh, Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, the RCIA program, um, as a way to uh, get to know my wife's faith, which is what the priest had, had mentioned to me. He said, if you're going to spend the rest of your life with uh, this woman, then Perhaps you should know a little bit about her faith. And so I went in, and, and my conversion began immediately. So I, I came out of a, a Protestant background and then a Protestant background that sort of turned into a typical whatever, just, you know, don't really care about anything religious, whatever, you know, the thing that like most of the world is in right now. And so it, it became... Uh, it was it was very interesting when I went in and took the RCIA classes. But the the important thing was I immediately began to feel the call of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I, I remember it was very early in the in the like the first couple of sessions, and they they went over the Hail Mary, and I, and I'd never heard the Hail Mary before. Believe it or not, I'd never heard the Hail Mary, not that I could recall. And I thought it was the most beautiful prayer I'd ever heard. I had no idea that you could pray to the Mother of God, and and there was something about that that seemed very right to me. And I was also impressed with the fact that they were praying that pray for us sinners, because I I was kind of used to the idea that, you know, once you get saved, so to speak, and I'm and I'm not, you know, I mean, these were my perceptions of my Protestant upbringing. But that once you're saved, you don't really have to worry about it anymore. And yet they seem they still seem kind of concerned about their salvation. And that made sense to me. I mean, it, it may not be as quite as comforting as sort of the surety that others were proposing, but it made a lot of sense to me. And I felt that was the, really the more real sort of position for a lot of reasons I won't go into here. But I, but I, but I want to put that stake in the ground because I think that it will be an important point that comes up uh, later. And so on, actually, I didn't know, but it was on the feast day of St. Therese of Lisieux in the new calendar on, on October 1. Uh, and I didn't know that that was the date, but I had a, an instantaneous moment of conversion to the church. And through the understanding of the authority of the church and the uh, real and substantial presence of Jesus in the, in the Eucharist, and that happened uh, on the feast day of Saint Therese. So you can see where this is, where this is going, and where this devotion. Because eventually, I would find out that that's what happened. I would eventually uh, come across and find out about Saint Therese. But I want to make this uh, this point about that moment. the 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 moment of my conversion, and this is going to be similar. Uh, I mean, very similar. It's going to be the, of the same substance, the same act that later came, many years later in 2008 with St. Joan of Arc that I keep talking about. 
It was an instantaneous moment of unreflective certainty. This is the uh, phrase from Edith Stein out of her book, Potency and Act, that I continue to, uh, you know, reference. And, uh, you know, St. Therese herself calls it a divine glance in her act of merciful love. Or I, what, I, what I think are the same, I perceive as being very much the same thing, a divine glance, an unreflective certainty in philosophical terms. And, uh, and that's, that's what it was. Now, this is a little bit different. In fact, I think it, I think it is different from a mere intuition. I mean, I, I think they must be related somehow, but it, it seemed to be of a, of, a, of a different substance than just a, some intuition that, that I, I felt where this, this, was, this was a moment of just instantiated certainty where I was absolutely certain. And, and it didn't come from, it wasn't derived from some sort of deduction or me logically just sort of putting, putting things together uh, and then contemplating, writing a thesis on it and then making a determination. It was just a moment of, of certainty. Well, clearly it was an act of grace uh, from our Lord. And so it came, but I, I, I want to kind of make sure that, that we understand, because I'm going to come back to this, this idea of the unreflective certainty. And I've talked about it, you know, in previous podcasts, I was referencing it in season one. And so now I'm kind of going through, okay, you talked about all that, but, but go through what was it in your life that led you to, uh, that, that led you to these, to these conclusions. And so this was really what I, what I would call the, the unreflective certainty. Now this goes, so let's, let's continue forward with St. Therese because, uh, again, I didn't know that it happened on October 1, so let's go forward. I joined the church that following Easter, uh, and, uh, you know, I was already praying the rosary before that, and very, I was very devoted to Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin, uh, prior to that. To, to me, joining the church was just a natural, it was just a natural thing to do. It's like you just, given everything that had changed in me, my orientation uh, through that unreflective certainty just changed me, and so uh, it was just a natural uh, act to, to do that. And so I, uh, you know, not long after that, we had a relative that, uh, one of Josie's relatives, that brought me two books. One was True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary by St. Louis de Montfort, and the other one was The Glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus. Two really, really good um, Marian books. And so I was well on my way and eventually did make my total consecration to the Blessed Virgin in, uh, on the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, July 16, in 1986. But, but prior to that, um, as I was beginning to accumulate some of my reading, uh, I, I picked up at a, at a bookstore a book that I, I really didn't ex, you know, expect to pick up. I didn't even know what it was or who she was. There was, a, there was a book as I was looking through everything else in the Catholic bookstore, and it, just, it had a picture of a nun holding flowers, and it was called The Story of a Soul. And it just didn't, it just, it's not the kind of thing you, I would typically have, have gone for. I was looking for more, um, more manly type things, as we might, might say, you know, the heavy duty stuff like Augustine and Aquinas and the heavy stuff. And I thought, this, it's just not a book I would naturally reach for, but I did. I mean, it was like a, a great, uh, just with a sense of, of surety, I picked it up and said, I need to read this book. 
And, and so I did. And, and the thing that struck me as I later and over the next few weeks was reading the story of a soul by St. Therese was that, I, and this, this, this is going to continue on that theme of the unreflective certainty. I, I remember, you know, my, my general sense was that I, I know that what she's saying is true. What she's saying is true. I don't n- understand what she's saying but I know that it's true. Now, this, this is an important beginning and changing of the mindset. We typically think, and this would be in a very maybe sort of Descartes fashion, we must know things. We must observe, bring them into our mind, and then assess what it is to, in order to try to gain understanding of the world that we're ex- experiencing. And this was the complete opposite. And this is the beginning of sort of a complete opposite way of, of thinking, which eventually I would discover in, in, in its fullness uh, b- beyond Scripture, uh, outside the world of theology, I would discover in full through phenomenology, uh, through the uh, eyes and, and writings and, and uh, voice of St. Edith Stein, and then through her, through other uh, phenomenologists that I would discover. And so I didn't have any idea uh, how to discuss this or phrase it at the time. But I do know that that was, that, that was my feeling. Now notice that what I was experiencing with the book with St. Therese was I, was, I was understanding as a basis for knowing which is the exact opposite of what we typically think or are taught, which is we must know in order to, to understand. And so my sense with reading St. Therese was that I know what she's saying. I, under, I, I understand it. I just don't know what she's saying, <laughs> if, if, that, if that makes any sense. But yet deep, deep in the foundation, there was a sense of understanding of empathy. Well, I've been talking a lot about that. Maybe we could call it a certain empathy, a certain empathic devotion that was beginning to develop by, by reading and accepting the fact that what I was hearing, what I was reading was true, uh, even though I didn't understand it. Now, now look at how associated that is with that, that divine glance of St. Therese's uh, of the converge of that sense of certainty before knowing, you know, this the certain sense of certainty as um, a, as a you know a foundation for then acquiring the knowledge, and so that that is really we we need to understand that, and at least in my story. Because that theme is going to be the same theme that will grow and, and develop uh, as, as we go forward. And so I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to kind of leave that here because we're going to need to move into another segment um, and then, then get up to the moment of the divine glance with St. Joan of Arc. Uh, but I, I kind of wanted to establish this, this premise, this, this foundation uh, in terms of going back to my original, because my, my conversion into the church and how it all came about is a very uh, 
it's as I look back on it, is a very coherent theme. It, it's it it's been over decades, but it's been a very coherent theme. It's 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 had a consistency to it. It's had shall I say a reason to it, or a sense of reasoning, a sense of understanding that's out there that I that that is uh, th- that is you know speaking to my heart that there is you know that sort of as we would say in the church that speaking of the lord of the holy spirit and so uh it's it's it that's that's the reason i've sort of tried to put all this together is because there is a model there is a consistency and that's what i want to share and so this is really the foundation it's the roots where I began to experience a different mindset of receiving the Lord's grace, receiving grace from the Lord through Our Lady and through the intercession of the saints, and to receive that grace as it's intended for me to receive it, as opposed for me trying to intellectually think through it, but to receive it as, it, as it's intended for me to receive it which means that I, I'm sort of grounded in, in an understanding, and from that understanding, I can begin then to know what I need to know to journey on the trail of the dogmatic creed. So this is fun. <laughs> it certainly has been. Pretty, well, I'll tell you what. Next, when I talk, well, I'll do my next one. Uh, when I do my next one, uh, I'm going to talk about some not-so-fun times. <laughs> Because uh, you have to, you have to carry your cross, and you have to go through a lot of suffering. And so, um, yes, this is exciting and fun. But next time, I'll have to tell you about some 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 times that weren't exactly so fun. And I look forward to uh, doing that. So let's let's kind of let's let's take a rest here on the journey. And so again, if you have any, I hope you're maybe this gives you something to journal about. Uh, if you have any comments, uh, you know, any thoughts, just reflections that you want to share, jump in and, and do that. And I'm uh, going to take you through the dark forest next time we go through. We're going to go through kind of a scary dark forest. So hang on. I'll get to that in the next episode. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. God bless. I'll talk to you next time.